Hey, my name's Neil Brennan, and I have a special on Netflix called Blocks, where I talk about the things that make me feel crazy and isolated in the world. And I now have a podcast called Blocks that you're looking at and listening to, where my friends come on and they tell me uh, the things that make them feel crazy and isolated and like something's wrong with them. And my guest today, ladies and gentlemen, is a fella that is a comedian that I've known since 2002, I believe. Sure. What's the hierarchy of your credits? It's your show, so let's hear your perspective okay, on it. Okay, great. Thank, I'm glad that you understand the the pecking order. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> obviously my number one credit is now uh, Blocks, a podcast based on a special where you get your friends to give away free content for your personal benefit. It's a business model. <laughs> <laughs> Kroll Show, Big mm -hmm. Mouth, Stand Up, and Oh Hello. Oh, I would say are like the... Am I forgetting anything? I mean, there's The League. I oh, mean, yeah. And then there's a bunch of movies that have not worked. Great. But I interesting, you say Kroll Show, one, I think, because that... You, it, I think it depends on where people... Where you come at things. So, like, you having had a sketch show on Comedy Central put Kroll Show uh, on a certain level that I think many people would not think of as like in the in the hierarchy of what I've done as like right. a, a high point. What's most people's? I think Big Mouth is now the, is the number one thing for m the most amount of people. Okay, I believe that. And the league for certain, a, a very large percentage of people is still also very, very important. That's so wild. And then I think you could argue there's Kroll Show and I would even argue maybe Oh Hello. Above Kroll Show. In certain regards, even though Oh, Hello sort of comes out of Kroll Show. I would like to say uh, I had a sketch show that I don't talk about. Um, and um, uh, Danny, our uh, producer, Danny's a, a black gentleman. What sketch do you think Nick Kroll pitched? You're the only person who can answer. You can, you're the only one who can say it in the room right now. What <laughs> sketch do you think that Mike Brabiglia... Nick Kroll. And the rest of my, I will say, the rest of our little Georgetown improv group. Conrad Mulcahy, Brian Donovan, uh, and Harrow. Not Mulaney. Mulaney, not part of the group yet. Great. Okay. Danny, what sketch do you think he pitched? I like that he's going. Yeah, go ahead. It's about a family. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> we can't say it. Guy <laughs> writes material that he can't even talk about. Uh, Yes. You guys pitched that sketch, and yeah. uh, it was very... You pitched it as a... Like we did a, it as like a CBS Eye on America, like yes. a current day sketch, and yes. you guys very smartly turned it into like a Leave it to Beaver mm -hmm. 50s sitcom, which I think elevated it on a lot of levels. I had to call... I don't. I generally don't name drop very much on this show, but I'm going to name drop. I had to call Questlove and sing the theme song into his answering machine. Na -na. With the lyrics, I guess I didn't have to say the lyrics. It helped. <laughs> but I I always had the, it would have been funny if I just called the wrong guy in Philly, like some black dude's family, and I'm singing the song into his answer machine, and he's like just trying to eat dinner. That's like John Tesh calling himself with the NBA on NBC theme song. Have you heard that story? Yes. Yeah. Na, 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 yes. na, na, and he kept na, saying the N-word. That's yeah. what's so wild about that. It. Well, that's what like... NBC had a different, uh, <laughs> meant different things. Back then. Um, so, anyhow. For the record, 
Danny laughed at that. <laughs> okay. Dan, yeah, no, no. Danny, are we good? <laughs> okay, God, thank God. You speak sorry, for all sorry, black sorry, people. Sorry. It's a great position to be in. As sorry, a, sorry, everything. Anyhow, so I've known Nick Kroll 20 years. Uh, he's had a great career. And now we're here to mine his emotions for content. Mm -hmm. It's called Blocks, ladies and gentlemen. Nick Kroll. Well, first of all, I a couple of things I'd like to say about you, which is... I'm interested watching your last special uh, was a uh, boy. What's the little big, boy. little big boy. I was interested in seeing your emotional art. Cause I, I know you, but I don't know. I mean, I know you pretty well, but I don't know like the ups and downs and everything. Uh -huh. So it was interesting to see like the marriage thing mm -hmm. and the kid thing. Mm -hmm. And did you feel like you were on time with that stuff with like meeting a woman and because I saw you have big girlfriends, like they were big girls, <laughs> <laughs> little big boys. But that's what it's about. Yeah, um, they would put you on their lap and call you a little big. Yeah, boy. yeah, yeah. Um, no, but I saw you have like what I thought were significant relationships mm -hmm. that were not working, and I was like, I wonder how Nick feels about this. I really set up the premise in Little Big Boy of being a late bloomer, which is really also very much the theme of uh, so much of what's going on in Big Mouth. It's true in that, like you know, I was late to get pubes. I was late to lose my virginity. And then I was pretty late to get into serious relationships. Like I didn't really have a serious, I didn't have a serious girlfriend until I at least turned 30. I mean, I had like dated women, but I hadn't had like a very serious committed relationship. And then really I didn't, I didn't live with a woman till the woman, Lily, who now is my wife. Um, I had not. You still call her the woman Lily. The woman Lily. Yes. Yeah. Isn't that, doesn't everyone there's, call there's, their yes, significant yes, other that? Yes, I think they should. Um, and so we, um, so it, it felt on time for me, but I feel like in general, it's a little bit behind the ball for your average person. Okay. So, but you were never insecure about it. No, when I turned 40, I was like, I remember being like, I was depressed one because I had lost a couple of my dear friends from high school had just died uh, of overdoses and suicide. And, and so I was kind of rocked by that of like, wow, I'm 40 and my friends are dying. Um, and then on top of that, I was dating someone and dating in general, but I was like, all of a sudden was like, man, I'm 40 and I have not figured out this massive part of life, which is like, who is my partner? And then like, who is my partner who I'm going to have a family with, you know? Did you feel like you were supposed to? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I'm right now, I'm of the mind of like, I don't know, if I don't have a partner, I don't have a partner. Right. I I, I think I go back and f I have, I had gone back and forth on that. Like I have a, you I don't have, still go back and forth? No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I, but, but I think like, you know, I have three siblings, all of them are married. My parents are still married. All three of my siblings have four kids. Mm. So I have, 12 nieces and nephews and four marriages around me. So the model is get married and procreate. Like that yeah. it's very, very much there. Now you come from a ton of kids. Yeah. But and a lot of a lot of broken marriages. People, yeah. I'm I'd almost exclusively. <laughs> <laughs> Your family has the most divorces I think per capita <laughs> that we could possibly have per person. <laughs> I believe. I think I mean most people are divorced. Yeah, good. 
you guys can feel both sides of a football team at this point. Yeah, yeah, and it will be <laughs> a violent game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Believe that. So I think I was, the modeling was, I never felt, I'm the youngest, so, and you're the youngest too, uh -huh. right? So like, it's very different, I think, 12 and four, but like, the youngest, you feel this like freedom, I think more so than others to be like, fuck it, I'm not gonna do what everyone else did. Like, I'm not falling into like the pattern of whatever pattern my family has established. So I felt very much like that. But then I came to a point where I was like, oh no, I, I think I would like to have a partner and, and have a family. I wasn't like, I haven't, since I was 12, I was like, oh boy, one day I'm gonna have my own family. <laughs> you know, I was like, I assume if I find the right partner that I will have a family. But it wasn't like I was like every day counting down the days until I became a father. Right. But I kind of in the back of my head was like, this will happen at some point. You did. You believe that? I kind of just assumed it would. Were you like a active uncle? Full disclosure, Neil read my pilot active uncle, uh, where I am an active shooter <laughs> who is an uncle who's going into. It's a horrible title. <laughs> it was It was a bad. <laughs> That's what was my first Oof. note. Don't even get me started. What does on this mean? <laughs> active uncle. Active you just uncle. say I'm an uncle. I, but I'm an active no uncle. At and one point he looks at the camera and says, by the way, I'm an uncle. I'm an uncle and I'm active <laughs> and I'm an active shooter. <laughs> So I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm going to your school. I'm doubling down on the action. Yeah, 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 you tried yeah, to push yeah, through yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I came tried back to around. Part. Um, it's kind of a tender time. Yeah. Go tell, ahead. Tell, so anyway, I I was an active uncle, but I lived across the country. My whole family lives in New York, so it was like I when I was I'm engaged, but also, you know, you're in for a couple hours and then you're out. I don't know if that's right. how yeah, you yeah. you know. It's like so I, I might not. I didn't even last an hour a lot of time. Go ahead. <laughs> right. So so I I. I eventually like found the right person and 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 went for it. Um, Your wife seems excellent and is a beautiful looking woman. <laughs> like just like, oh, you're beautiful. Like she's, fuck, you're beautiful. She's beautiful and she makes beautiful art and she's a she's a beautiful person. She's a good person. And, and I called that she it was your backdrop on your special was her idea. Yes. And it was at one point matches your lips perfectly. Really? I don't know if I sent it to you. Your lips are purple. It's the perfect lip. It was so goddamn funny. <laughs> we didn't keep to tone the color specific to my lips. I was running out of oxygen on stage. Oh, so oh I, that's cool. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into some blocks. Avoiding confrontation. Mm -hmm. This is a common thread in on the show yeah at least half of our guests have had it as a sebastian had it bobby lee had it i definitely have it tell me about how you avoid confrontation and when did you realize like i have to stop doing this mm. i think my family is like a very nice family we're mm -hmm. all very nice to each other that in many ways is beautiful but it also means we don't directly deal with confrontation we just like either ignore it or we wiggle around it with little jokes or like in my case with a lot of people and a lot of things i just sort of like roll over and fucking show my belly and i'm just like fine like whatever you want is okay how long does that last there's a tipping point there's different versions of how one avoid what kind of confrontation we're talking about like like for example like i'll go to the airport and let's say i can like you know with my American Express, I should be able to get into the fucking Delta first class lounge. Right. But I don't have my American Express. Right. And I get to the Del Delta first class lounge, the Delta lounge, and they're like, you need the American Express card. And it's like, well, I'm in your system. And they're like, 
you you need the card. Yeah. At that point, I say, okay, thank you. Have a nice day. Uh-huh. And I walk away. My wife is I like- I wouldn't even try. You wouldn't even- I know, like, I know what's going to happen. They're just yes. going to say, you're not in the system. Right. And I'm going to be like- embarrassed in front of everybody. So I'm not going to do that to myself. Yes. I will do something very minor, minutely like uh, push back. Yeah. And then I am like, fair enough. I'll fucking go to Chili's too. You know, like, <laughs> which is where I want to go to be. You know what I mean? And I think what I've come to in, in this regard is, and watch how I do this, watch how I flip this. I think like as a white straight guy. Of, Danny, is that true? Is he a white straight guy? Go ahead. We'll find out. Um, <laughs> right after this <laughs> as a straight white guy who comes from tremendous privilege like it's it's hard for me to like put my foot down to say like I deserve right. more like cause I'm like in the grand scheme of things yeah, yeah. I've been given You're everything VIP, right? so am yeah. I really gonna fucking fight you on like yeah. whether I can get into this lounge or not like yeah. many more people have many bigger grievances also than, the lounge is basically lounge a Radisson What's the one where they have cereal? They give you cereal? <laughs> the lounge the, or the, the hotel? hotel. Um, embassy Suites. Embassy Suites. It's an Embassy Suites yes. room. Meanwhile, now a lot of airports have like decent restaurants in them. But instead you're like, no, I'm going to sit in the lounge with like a weird businessman yeah. from Not Dallas. One. Many, many, all yeah. weird businessmen. All on th- IBM ThinkPads. Yes, which you don't even know where they got them. Yeah, they're still using the eraser mouse in the pound, middle of the yeah, keyboard. 40 pound computer. Yes, they're using a 40 pound computer eating so much wildly salty Chex Mix. Correct. From a, like a a, 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 disp- a big plastic dispenser and like cucumber water. Yeah. That's like, correct. That's where I'm trying to fight my yeah, way no, to I'm get like, in. Fuck you. Get your hands off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need those checks mix, you yeah, bitch. Yeah. So I, or like the coldest cube of fruit you've ever seen. Yep. Also true. So in that regard, I will not deal with confrontation. Now with my- Interpersonally, certain, I'm Interpersonally. Interested. So there's like the base, like bullshit, whatever. But in general, I'm like this, I, I will just finish by saying that. I think some of my lack of desire for confrontation comes in- if I'm trying to put a positive spin on it as a feeling of empathy, a a sense of empathy for the other. So like the woman at the Dallas airport who does not want to let me into the Delta lounge, I'm like, this woman's just doing her fucking job. Yeah. No, like if she lets me in and there's some camera that's seeing that I never presented my American Express card, she's going to get written up. I don't want this woman to get, what am I, what do I fucking really care? I'm leaving. Then there's the inner, there's the work version of things, which is I'm I, I need to hit work and personal relationships. Yes. So in work, I want everyone to like me. Mm-hmm. I want people to think I'm easygoing. I want people to think that I'm a pleasure to work with. Is it true or you want people to think it? Both. I I want people to think it so I make it true. Like when you go and scout a location as a right. producer or director. And you walk into a room and the set designer is like, this is where we're shooting the podcast, the the tape podcast where Neil does his podcast where he makes his friends talk about their deeper, deepest things and they don't get shit out of it except a fucking clip on Instagram. Mm. Is that, that's, well the, that's the sketch. Well, that's the scene. Well in, worth it. That's the scene in the movie. You're right. It is an uneven trade for me. <laughs> yes. Go ahead. So by the way, I'm like, I hate confrontation and yet I just keep going at you. But <laughs> you in this, yeah, yeah, but like, yeah. but in this, but to me, that's, that is how I also deal with confrontation yes. is like, passive aggressive jokes. Yeah. Yes. Great. But at least 
that's in a specific situation where I'm like, no, I can go at you directly about yes. this because like you don't care and I don't care. Right. So, but I think like crying uh, myself to sleep tonight. Right. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, but that's not my fault. That's because <laughs> you ate fucking cheese or something, Jesus. you vegan loser. So, <laughs> so I think like so in this case, like if we came in here to scout this room, and our our set designer was like, these walls don't work. I'm like I'm like why? It's like well because we got red couches and we can't have the red couches with yeah, the yeah. blue walls. I'd be like, okay, let's find another room. Versus be, me being like, fucking paint the walls. Yeah. Like, and there are times where I wish I was like, paint the walls. And there are other times where I'm like, huh, okay. We got the couches already. What's the now room next door look like? It's five feet smaller, but the walls are the right color. I don't care that much. Let's shoot in the other room. Yeah. I want her to like me. I want less conflict. And I'm also like, what will make for the most, the easiest day? for everybody energetically energetically not you don't you will put the day ahead of the material if need be oftentimes i will because i believe on some level with the work sometimes the energy is more important than the material do you want to guess which one i do <laughs> i have a feeling <laughs> do you want to guess i had a guy one i'm just remembering as you tell this story we're location scouting i believe it was on Chappelle's show it might have been on half bake this is how long ago this was in the East Village, we're looking at a at at like buildings. We're outside, and the super is talking, and this the super looks at me and is like, "No, nah, I don't like this guy." <laughs> <laughs> That's how good my energy was. That a super on site was like, "He cannot shoot here." I wasn't even doing anything that bad. I was just so energetically bad, and uh, I want people on set to think I'm a good guy, also, and I do nothing to. Um, Oh, to make them think that. That would be the worst. You are in a prison in that. I will do everything in my power to do. Like, you will in your head want everybody to like you, but then your actions do not belie mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's a prison. But what am that's I? That's a block. Still don't that's know a what, block. Look, this and that, friends, I'm not, <laughs> is a block. <laughs> not, look, Coxsucker, I'm not doing your podcast. You're doing mine. Um, but I don't know what to do. It happened like days ago <laughs> where I needed a shot to be a certain way and I couldn't convince, I wasn't the director and I was trying to get the director to like, please do running out of light, all the shit. Everyone just ended up not liking me. Mm -hmm. um, but now, I got the shot correct. Yes. And, and like the comedy will be better. Uh-huh. Which is, I guess, good. But I guess it's like, will, I guess I'm always like, will the comedy be better? Yes. Okay. I mean, I'm also not, I don't start out as a director. I think if you start as a director or you, I know you didn't, I mean, you started as a writer, but aspired and then became a director. There is a certain thing with directors where they are like, this is how I want it. Well, I just know from doing Half-Baked, hold for applause, doing Half-Baked. Uh, Still holding Danny, for someone to Danny, applaud. Danny, don't give me a standing ovation. No one can see it. Um, we shot the movie, and then we're 23, and then the editor was a very famous, had done Liar Liar. Martin Scorsese. Rocky. He had done Rocky and Liar Liar. <laughs> and he did a cut that wasn't right. So I had to sit with the guy, this, like, adult, you know, gold-plated editor, and correct basically do what i thought it should be right at the first screening he looks at me and dave and goes and this is direct quotes so please 
He goes, well, I guess you guys aren't retarded. <laughs> so I'm used to like having to make an enemy. Like that guy hated my guts. Mm -hmm. And I just had to like, I guess it's just part of like doing it the way you need it to be done is that no one's going to listen. I, I, I wish I was more mild mannered or had a better bedside manner than you. I think or better, that like you, I, I think say. it's a, it's a more than anything. It's a bedside manner of like, it's also just like choosing your battles inside of things, but I, all of them. And, and those are the battles I choose. The, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> what battles do I choose? All of them. Hi, uh, I'm Neil Brennan. <laughs> Welcome back to blocks. <laughs> um, battle box. Is it too on late? Comedy Central. <laughs> Comedy Central. Um, on a day-to-day -day basis, I will cer let certain things go because I'm like, energetically, this day works better if we don't have to start two hours late because I forced this woman to paint this room. I don't care. Maybe the next room is a little smaller. It's fine. Like that stuff is fine. But I have been in situations where I have let too many decisions go for too long and I then begin to resent the person who I have acquiesced to. And also given them the sense, like I believe in really giving people ownership over things that I am working on with them. But at times I then give away almost too much ownership and they feel as though it's theirs. When in reality, in the back of my head, I'm like, no, 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 it's mine. I'm living in between those two things of wanting to be democratic and also knowing if I'm democratic to, I'm going to get pummeled. Like by, I, got, by I mean, others. me and Dave got pummeled for three years about half-baked. Like it's successful knowledge. It was not good for our careers until Chappelle. So it was like, then when we did the show, it was like, no, no, no. Every fabric comes through me or him. Right. Every, every sketch I did, every, like everything had to come through us because of the experience of like, yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever. And then you sure. use whatever yourself to a position that, uh, that you have a thing you don't Well, like. and I think that that's, I mean, there's also just like a sense of, you know, when, when things happen for you and how they happen. So like you guys were kids when, when that movie gets made, like I don't get close to making a movie yeah, or frankly making a TV show until I'm almost 10 years in. Yeah. We made some little shorts on our own, you know, for like, and you know, Comedy Central Motherload. Shout out to Motherload. I mean, right. Yeah. Shout out to Viacom in I general. Mean, what, a, right. what a, are they still called Viacom? Paramount they, plus Paramount plus. So I like, I don't come close to making my own TV show for almost, oh yeah. Almost 10 years into my career. Yeah. Um, so at that point I wasn't like, I hadn't been burned at 22 yeah. with like, I had a movie got made and I didn't get to control it at all. So now I have to go in and control. Yeah. Nor did I have something like meteoric, like Chappelle show, uh, to then have to like figure out how to navigate inside of that success. And then what happens after that? I've had it rough. By the way, what happened? Man. What happened to Chappelle show? It's still on. We still do. <laughs> really? We're, still, we're rebuilding it. Congratulations. Everyone. We're going to reboot it. Oh my God. Hey. So this company, Seed, is sponsoring this episode. It's a symbiotic. It's prebiotic and probiotic. Take it first thing in the morning. I've taken it, I don't know, probably two weeks now. I hadn't read the ad. I was just eating the pills. And then I was like, I don't know how I'm going to talk about this because it helped me in what we'll refer to as private ways. I don't like talking about 
number two, not a big number two comedy guy, never was. I'll say this for, for Seed, the pills that I've been taking. They've made my toilet journeys more regular. How's that for euphemistic? My toilet journeys have become more on schedule. It's helpful. Start a new healthy habit today. Visit seed.com slash N-E-A-L and use code N-E-A-L to redeem 25% off your first month of Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic. That's seed.com slash N-E-A-L, S-E-E-D dot C-O-M slash N-E-A-L and use code N-E-A-L, N-E-A-L. You trying to get in shape? Yo, my man, you like getting in shape? I got you. FitBod. I have been using it since they came on board, right? And I got to tell you, it's significantly better than me kind of guessing. I had like a lot of rumors about how workout, what muscle groups, and maybe try this and that. But now I know exactly what to do and how many times to do them instead of just like, ah, it's probably good for the lats, right? Start making progress towards your fitness goals today with 25% off a FitBot subscription. Just pick a fitness goal, select your equipment, and FitBot will create a custom workout program for you. There's no better time to level up your fitness habit. Try FitBod today. Get 25% off your subscription or try the app free at fitbod.me slash neil. That's fitbod.me slash neil. Fitbod.me slash n-e-a-l. Don't you listen. Didn't you hear me the first time? You and John are partners. Mm-hmm. And I wonder how you navigate. You and John Mulaney did Oh Hello together. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're in similar positions, but like they're both very funny people. Mm-hmm. Dave and John are both very, very funny people. Mm. I mean, look, <laughs> um, are you? which camera are you looking at? That one? I'm going to look at this one. Mm-hmm. Dave Chappelle you, and John Mulaney. Yes. Yeah. How how do you, I just want to make sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. How do you, <laughs> that's who we're talking about. <laughs> um, I got to say, I'm not very competitive with Dave comedically. I'm competitive with him ideologically. Mm-hmm. How do you navigate your relationship with John? Well, when John left for Africa after Oh Hello. That's the name of the rehab he went to? <laughs> yeah. God damn it. Mulaney I, told me that you said, Mulaney's not, you said, uh, because Curl one time was on a podcast and he said, Mulaney's not a drug addict. He's more a suicidal alcoholic. <laughs> I said that? Yeah. <laughs> I would never say that. <laughs> you I would said say, it and he heard it and told me. I would never say suicidal alcoholic. Those, okay. those were never the issues. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But what um, did you find? By the way, if you want to hear about John and how, you know, how I talk to him, you can listen to his uh, stand-up act. Oh. To find out how oh. uh, John well, felt about yeah, my... Ladies and gentlemen, you can't wait till he goes after Kroll for trying to save his life. <laughs> yeah. The mistake of trying to save his life. Yeah, yeah. Or the early, by the way, the early pre-edited versions of the uh, the hour <laughs> when it was the two-hour fresh out of rehab Oh, I think that's the only it. one I've heard. Oh, yeah. Mulaney goes through, Ina's new hour goes through his intervention. And he, it's kind of a roast of everyone who saved his life. And it's... Uh, it's it's very funny. 
unless you were unless there on the day, the <laughs> unless you were one of the people there or one of the people who then had to listen to the act. Yep. It was Anyhow, very fun. But you kid, you audience members, you have fun. You have a great time. Yeah. Go uh, check out John on tour <laughs> John from scratch. Malay. From scratch. Um, I don't know if this is how your relationship with Dave is or was, but like, you know, I, I'm a few years older than John. He was a freshman when I was a senior. I, I cast him in the improv group. Yeah. But I immediately knew he was a fucking genius. And we got along famously right away and have always gotten along both as friends and as comedic yeah. partners or collaborators. Yeah, I've never heard either of you shit on the other one in either um, well, category. you should go watch his no, act. No, I'm gonna, I can't, <laughs> other go, than, go of course, John's act. new, <laughs> yeah. that will be on Netflix very yeah. soon, Yeah, I'm sure. or watch, or rewatch what I just did about John yeah, two yeah, minutes yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. We, I think, have tremendous respect for each other comedically and true and genuine, like, love for each other as, as human beings, as friends, and frankly, almost, and this is where I'm getting to, almost as brothers. Mm -hmm. And once you become, like, brothers or family, things get a little trickier. Mm -hmm. It's not, and I don't know how this was for you and Dave, but it's like, it's different than just like another friend in comedy. Yeah. Like when you, especially when you do something like you make a show together or you do like, oh, hello on Broadway together, like whatever it is, it, it, it brings you closer than just friendship. And all of a sudden you can start to treat each other more like family in which means in that the way. gloves are off yeah. in a little bit and, and the competition or whatever it is that you're feeling. I mean, I have always felt, to be honest, competitive with John because I've never been in a room where anybody got bigger laughs than John. I've only been in like three rooms. No, but they, he crushed every time. Yeah. <laughs> but you, I mean, you know, yeah, you've I seen everyone, yes, you know, he's, yes. he is, they're arguably we're talking about Dave and John. Both in the top five, 10, top 40 comedians, whatever. Top, top 40 living, comedians, vultures. comedians on the road right now. Yeah, top, top 40, 40. Vultures, top 40 <laughs> comedians of 2008. Um, doing dates on the East Coast yeah. this weekend. But, you know, I mean, it is like John is uncontrolled, un, un, like, un, unrelentingly funny. Yes. And writes a perfect joke. Yep. And delivered not only writes a perfect joke but is a delivers a joke yep. perfectly um and has a almost let's call it a photographic memory so can write a joke and then literally deliver I believe it. he does have a photograph yeah, and yeah. can like remember what he wrote perfectly on stage the next day whereas i am fumbling my way through something i improvised a week ago and hoping i can recatch yeah. whatever that was so i have feelings of competition with john but i also think like when we were doing oh hello that also made me be better every night and part of the joy oh, of that I saw once was so fucking funny and has so many jokes in it that I still like are still with me and there were so many moments that were so impressive you guys laying on the stage <laughs> trying to make each other <laughs> so laugh is like the night I saw it I'm sure it was around as good that or you know it was very good the mm -hmm. night I saw it actually I, I believe I saw a matinee but but I often wonder do you worry, like, overshadow? Like, I get overshadowed by Dave, and it's like, it's not close. Like, he fucking plucked me out of obscurity mm -hmm. to work with him, and then I've slowly, like, built up a career of my own. Whereas you and John were, like, together, and he's a fucking doing arenas. Mm -hmm. And not like you handle it well. You were, You seem genuinely proud of him. I am genuinely proud of him. And I think if you talk to him, there are elements to the, career that I have that he would be like, oh man, he's been able to do this and this. Yeah. Like I, that he, it has not been. You've had three 
TV shows that you've been yeah, a star. Yeah, so I think like, but I think that successfully there are those elements to when it when it's your friend or your brother or whatever, however you feel or, or think about that person, that you can be. I, I can hold those things simultaneously. First and foremost, I have an incredible amount of pride uh, in in what he's accomplished and the fact that I'm like friends with him, that he's friends with me, that he considers me someone he wants to work with. All those things like bring me a lot of joy. Yeah. And and uh, I'm proud of him and I'm proud to be associated with him. Yeah. And then there are times where I'm like, man, that fucking guy kills and he's playing arenas. And, uh, and also like, man, like, Steve Martin thinks he's the funniest or whatever yeah. those things are. And then also, you know, I think like uh, I have incredible amount of, uh, you know, pride in what I've accomplished on my own, you know, and I think something that you might identify with too, is like that feeling of like, is anything I do on my own going to be as good as what we did mm -hmm. together? Yeah. And I don't have that. <laughs> <laughs> Not, never been a problem. Never, 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 no, never, so I've never even thought of it. As yeah. <laughs> So I think there's that element to that that you have to sort of take into account. And but also like I think about Oh Hello specifically as like a pinnacle in like both of artistic and life, the crux of of those things coming together. Yeah. Where it was like, we're on Broadway together every night. We are having incredible guests come and watch the show, come be on the show. And it started, you guys did a show, that's where we met yeah, 20 years ago 20, yeah. on the East Village Place called Rafifi where you guys would do it. So that's also like part of the story. Yeah, it's like that's it starts really when we- cute and sweet. Yeah, it's like starts when we are we have nothing, neither of us have anything going on. It was just the most fun thing it's that we thing could I'll do. It's a thing I'll mention at Rafifi, this is 2004, I did a, I was on the show- and I, Rashida Jones came with me mm -hmm. and we taught, we told stories. Mm -hmm. You brought Rash your BET award. I brought, that's correct. I brought my BET <laughs> award. I don't remember why, but I did. I did. You were, you both brought things to talk about. Right, right, right. So I brought my BET award. I was bringing, I was carrying it everywhere at that point. <laughs> uh, my BET comedy award. Uh, they canceled it because a white man won three of them. Um, <laughs> let's be honest, BET. And uh, they didn't like it. No one's happy. No. Um, and, uh, or two of them. And I remember. Who's counting? Rashida brought a stuffed animal with a, a voice like a, a cassette tape message from Teddy Ruxpin? Yeah. Or no, from, who was the message from? Her from her dad. From her dad, yeah, that's right. And he, if I remember correctly. Go ahead. But he said, it's Quincy Jones saying to Rashida, may you get all the angel pussy in the world. I believe he said, keep your dreams as high as giraffe pussy. <laughs> okay. I believe that's the exact <laughs> okay, quote. Hey, sorry. baby. Hey, baby. Thank it's, you. It's Quincy Jones. <laughs> uh, that's a horrible impression. Anyhow, Rashida mentioned that she was single. Afterward, you texted her something like, hey, you, or you maybe asked her, like, would you want to go on a date? And the idea of Rashida dating you was so absurd. Uh -huh. It was like, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. And this is before she was on the office. It was just like a beautiful young woman. And you were, a, I consider a beautiful young man. <laughs> and it was absurd. So that's how much time has passed. Anyhow, <laughs> so you and Mulaney are doing... You're doing basically Oh Hello uh -huh. at Rafifi uh -huh. 20 years ago. And then, so you do this tiny thing and then it's on Broadway every night. Yeah. Crushing for 2,000 people or whatever. So fun. And it was, and I really felt like this perfect symbiosis of like working with your friend, doing very silly shit, but in on Broadway. And it was like, 
what a life, what a lifestyle that was to like not be on the road, but be on stage every night for like, yeah, like 2000 people for four or five months. And it was the best. It was the most fun. And what's hard with friendship as time goes on and life changes is like, you're like, he's on the road. I'm on the road. He's got a kid. I've like you all of a sudden time gets away from you and space gets away from you. And it's harder to just be physically in the same spaces. And men are not great at maintaining those relationships in a certain way. Would you agree I, I with that? I think it's everywhere. And part of the reason why I like doing this, because like now I don't have to see it for a couple of years. We're done. Knock this thing out. Fucking nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a fun time. It's, you will never spend that much time with Mulaney again. Huh? I mean, I don't think so. Huh? <laughs> I have bad news. No, he told me. But, he literally texted me on the way over here. Uh, I will never spend time with him like that again. And you can take that to the grave. He said, <laughs> um, no, but you know what I mean? Like yeah. I, that's the fun of doing a thing like it. Was well, and somebody. it makes you be like, how can I appreciate? And I did feel by the end of that run, I was like, this might be the best it gets. Like every, the, the, the combination of things around this moment in time might be, may, might make this the, like, and I, I was sort of aware of it near the end. And that's the nice thing about your going back to the beginning of like the older you get, the more perspective you have on things. So that like, you know, when you have a show when you're 23 or you're in a good relationship when you're 25 or whatever, you don't know, you don't have enough life experience to know that this is as good as it gets. Yeah except when you're watching the movie as good as it gets. And then, you know, it's as good as it gets. Well, Cause it's in the title. It's as good as it gets. Watching <laughs> Jack Nicholson handle bacon out of a plastic bag. Somebody's pretty well-versed in as right? good as it gets. Yeah. And I would like to say that I am my competitiveness with Dick. Cause I shouldn't say I'm not competitive comedically. He said, I'm the most competitive person he's ever met. And I said, that's cause you can't meet yourself. Um, <laughs> but I would want to get shit on. Cause I wanted to contribute. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be dead weight. So if I was, I also wanted to impress them. That's the part of a partnership that I think no one is like, get, it's people aren't aware of it. It's like, you want to impress Mulaney. Yeah. He wants, if he makes you laugh, it's funny. If I make Dave Chappelle laugh, it's probably fucking pretty funny. Yeah. For sure. Or or mean. <laughs> right. Yeah. Which I think they, we all share as comedians. Yes. Um, yeah. What we what makes us laugh isn't necessarily so much is, meaner. Yeah, yeah. Someone said yesterday I texted somebody and they give I have this reminds me to erase this thread. Um anyhow. So that's confrontation. I'm gonna bring well, it the, back. How did, no, but how did you do it with John? Would you how would you guys handle that? For much of our relationship, we didn't have much conflict. And then I think you hit a certain point. The older I get and the more, frankly, the more therapy I get and the more podcasts I do about uh, being therapized, I get to do uh, for free. Um, what I, do you want? Name name your price. What, I, want, $300? I want a pH balance water. You got it. Well, there we go. <laughs> the older I get, the more therapy I do, the more that I'm like, oh man, my that element of my friendship with this person is bumming me out. And I have to eventually be like, hey, can we talk about this? It doesn't, yeah. I try not to do it a lot because it's, a, it's, it, people love it. And it seems, it's a, you seem not cool and you yeah. don't seem manly to Dude. be like, hey, you're hurting my feelings. I know. But if you really value a friendship, then you have to sometimes be like, dude, you're fucking bumming me out, man. Yeah. And 
certain people are better at taking that and other people are not. And the, but the truth is the, the people I hold dearest are sometimes the people who aren't always aware of how they're, what, what they're doing. And they get used to being able to do it. Yes. And, but they're also hopefully the people who are like, I hear you. I will work on that. Yeah. You know, I think it's like, as we talk about confrontation and therapy, it's like what, what, what I think I have found is like the less that you're like, you did this and you did that. And the more it's like, Hey, like when you did this, it made me feel like that. Right. Like, cause all you can really control is your truth, which is like, that's how this made me feel versus like you did this shitty thing. Like I truly don't know how to navigate it. And I say that as a old man, I do not know how to find the spot between your needs and your experience and my needs and my experience. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Even the other day where I'm yelling, I'm on set and I'm like, Oh, like I have like, you know, I'm having like a, you can feel a rage attack. It's not even a rage. It's more like a Asperger's in my body, autistic reaction to a shot, not being right. Right. I don't know how to navigate it. I don't know how, like I have my needs. I talk to, Somebody the other day, and I had a list of things that I needed to express to them. Did you do it? Yeah. Did, did that help? I mean, yeah, but I don't, I'm, I haven't heard from them <laughs> since then. Yeah. But I felt the need to say, here's my point of view. Uh huh. And I know what your point of view most likely is. And I don't know how to. Did you have that as a conversation or were you just like, here's what I need to tell you? Combo of both. Yeah. Yeah. Combination of both. And I don't know your most successful relationship would be your marriage, right? Meaning most harmonious and best. And yeah, but, but not because the stakes are incredibly high at all times. Whereas I can like not talk to Mulaney for a month and we can work through our shit then or another friend. Whereas like me and my wife can have a fight and then we have to get in bed and like deal with our child in the morning or whatever it is like the 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 stakes feel so much higher in my 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 relationship with my wife than any of my friends yeah um, uh that probably puts your friendships in better perspective too right once yes. you have like oh this is a real relationship the rest of this is just like yes and and also but but it has made me then be like oh i need to like rethink this friendship or i need to uh, talk to him because there's things i think when you then it's one of the nice things about having a partner for the most part is like sometimes you have someone to process your thing with where you're like, hey, so-and-so is like fucking blew me off again. And there, and, and my wife would be like, hey, that's like the third time that person's yeah. done that to you. Like maybe you want to like have a conversation with them about how that's making you feel because you keep talking about it. You're yeah. like, I'm like, uh, okay. You know, versus before the relationship, I'd have just been like, that's how they are. How do you resolve conflict with your wife various ways uh fights and do you are you better have you improved at like look i know where you're you know do you are you good at like compliment sandwiching and are you are you good at any of it well that's where i'm like i be start to be like this is how this is making me feel because and that's something i've worked on in therapy because because i don't like confrontation there are times where I just will, I will be like, I hear what you're saying and I won't like say what my point of view inside of it is because I I want harmony. 
But I think ultimately, if you let that build, then then resentment builds. And mm-hmm. like, you have to release that valve. Yeah. And also like, sometimes I'm more just reactive. How I want my bathroom. It's like, I want bath mats. I don't like wet floors in the bathroom. <laughs> and I And I want towels hung back up so that they dry correctly. Uh-huh. Like, it makes me crazy when people don't do that. Yeah. And I will like, say to my wife, like, hey, I, you know, but then I will like, and then you realize like, oh, everybody's family's different. Like some people yeah. like hang shit on doors or hanging in the bathroom or like don't, you know, and you have to find this level of like, am I going to get enraged by this or am Every I going to let time. this go? Yeah. yeah. Or do, am I just going to acknowledge she's never doing that? And it's just like, we just come from different families yeah. we have di- or like we look, we are uh, thinking about different things. Just like, there are multiple things that I do in the house that make her fucking insane. And have you guys stopped even acknowledging them? Like, yeah, it's fucking, eh. I mean, usually it's like things will come up where it's like, I let stuff pile up. I can look at things for months slash years mm-hmm. in the house and never address them. Why would you? Yeah. <laughs> and every once in a while, she'll do like a big old clean and she'll just like take all my shit and like dump it on my desk. And I'm like, can you not dump it on my desk? And she's like, you don't clean anything up. And I'm like, put the towels away. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) it'll come out in that like weird, like, like those bursts, which is not the healthiest way for me to deal with it, you know, but like, you know, that's what marriage is like. It's this, it's this constant like negotiation, whatever relationship you're in, you know? And that's still the best. That's the thing is like, none of these relationships are flawless or without challenge or without think so. Like, it's not all harmony. You just have to figure out. You just have to choose to, what are the things that are massively important that you need to deal with and what are the things that are like, you just accept that this is how this person is. I think you can hope that what you want to see, at least in what I think what one wants to see in a relationship is that when one brings up an issue they have with their partner, big or small, that you see that the their, the partner is is trying to work at it. Like you're never going to get someone to be like a hundred percent of what you think or want them to be. But if you see them attempting to like take the note and work on it big and small, then that's the sign of like a relationship that to me is like working and evolving. Yeah. It's just very, it's hard not to take it personally. Yes. Cause it's personal. <laughs> well, it's personal to you, Yeah, but she's not, she's not allowing slippery floors. Like, to spite her husband. No, that's the last thing. Like she's, maybe he'll slip. Yeah. <laughs> that's the last thing she wants to do. But I think, you know, when you're working on elements of yourself in, in regards to your relationship, part of that is like the central thing about being in a relationship is just thinking about the other person, you know, like just right. taking in their experience into account, whether it's a wet floor or what, when you're like sharing your schedule for the month. Like, or like, who's going to take care of the child tomorrow? They're things that are big and small, but there are signs of you are thinking about the other person in your relationship the way you think about yourself. Yeah. And which is really hard to do because for 40 years, you only thought about yourself. Sure. And now it's like, wait, what? Who? You're right. <laughs> My wife. Lily. I, when was the last time you lived with someone? Seven years, six yeah. years ago. It went all right. I had to rent an office because there were, it was a loft and there were no doors. And I wouldn't talk on the phone much, but I would every once in a while. So it would just be me talking on the phone 
and like once a week, more than once a week. It it I'm gonna name it up again. It was always Chris Rock would call me and we would just yell at each other for an hour about. And one time she said a hilarious thing because we would talk about girls a lot. One time she goes, uh, I hung up and she goes, Why do you guys even date women? Which is very funny. <laughs> uh, but it didn't work. Okay. This is a good one. A good block. Rage at baby. <laughs> I I love it already. I don't even know what it means. Rage at baby. Well, when my child was really young, he's like two. But when when my baby was like I don't know, and under a year, they cry uncontrollably multiple times a day, and I felt a bizarre rage at. Like that, I couldn't. Like, I feel like I would feel that. You know, you're just like, oh my god! Like it's like, I, I did this joke for a second on stage, and then I found out that Nate Bergazzi had a version of this joke, so I stopped doing it. But it was like, I don't think he's good. Uh, he's not. He's <laughs> I don't not, think he's a good comedian. <laughs> he's, but he's listening to this podcast. No, I, uh, I no, he's supposed. He's coming on. Yeah, he he's a very great. funny guy. But it was a, someone told me after I got off stage, I was like, oh, Nate does a joke like that. Uh, Would you do a southern accent? Yeah, I go <laughs> sleepy southern yeah. accent. I remember living in New York and seeing those. Remember those posters on the subway that said like "Never shake Don't a baby." Don't shake a baby. Yeah, I was like, who is that poster for? I was like, oh, it turns out it was a poster for me in the future. <laughs> uh, like, like because you would feel without this. A, but with a, you wouldn't have known not to do it. Yes, exactly. Oh, thank you, the past. <laughs> so, but I like, I all of a sudden be like holding my baby like, wait, what was that poster on the subway again? I was like, I feel rage. I feel such rage that this like tiny creature is screaming at me uncontrollably. And I've talked to my wife about it, and she was like, I don't think you're used to anybody yelling at you. And I was like, wow, yeah. Because I come from tremendous, like a nice family, and also like I've always been in a very position of privilege. So it's very rare that people have yelled at me. Like I also do my best not to get people angry so they don't yell at me. Really, the only person... At, for a certain period of time was yelling at me was my six-month-old child. And I was, it was unfathomable to me. And it put put me into a almost blind rage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing at, now I'm like, oh, well, I could be a parent because I'm so used to people yelling at me and vice versa. <laughs> I've had girls go, stop yelling. I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking. I'm just talking. Right. So like yelling, <laughs> what most people call yelling, it's actually a, this seem, I'm going to seem like a, like a dinosaur. One time Rosie O'Donnell mm -hmm. was on Bill O'Reilly's talk show. I don't know what, how this happened. And I happened to watch it. It was probably in the early mid nineties. And, and he's like, Rosie, why do you think people don't like me? And she goes, Bill, cause we're from Long Island and we're <laughs> used to yelling at people and to everyone else is off-putting. But to us, it's just talking. So I'm with your baby on that. Yes. Me, Bill O'Reilly, Rosie O'Donnell, and, and your baby. all of Israel. And all of Israel. <laughs> it doesn't just end at Israel. Right. Um, but I, I think it's like, I just was like, it was that, and really it was clarifying to me being like, oh yeah, I'm just not used to this. I'm not used to someone, I'm, I'm not used to someone dealing with someone so deeply illogical as a child, right. as a baby. And 
And I think it it has caused me to take a step back, learn how to breathe through things, and also just accept that things and people are going to yell at me and and that there's going to be there's no reasoning or smoothing out this conflict by like acquiescing on the color of the room or like making a little joke or whatever. There's just no two ways around it. I just, ha- you just have to take it, you know? Yeah. It's funny. Cause I'm of two minds, obviously. Like I'm of like, pe- I'm used to people yelling at me and I want to fight fire with fire. I really want to, sc- I, I guess I would shake the baby. I, <laughs> I didn't shake the baby, but I have, no, I don't think you should. No, but I, but I, I have screamed back a few times now, like, and he like, does it, is, it work once or twice? It shocked. You got to shock a baby yeah. every now and again. <laughs> you know that. Yeah. Yeah. You know that blocks. <laughs> got to shock that baby. My man blocks. <laughs> um, but like, it'll stun him. But also like, there's something of like, and again, there's this thing around like, what kind of father do I want to be? What kind of man do I want to be? And I think in modern, in many modern instances, like we are, told to be thoughtful and empathetic and like we need to be less like kind of inherently masculine traits of like in in how we parent and how we partner and all those things and i and i believe that and imagine if i just started taking like a weird like andrew tate turn on all mm-hmm. of this which would be awesome <laughs> um the beginning this oh, is this is fantastic. the seed of it all it has know? to be on a podcast yeah <laughs> but i think like i started i started to be like no, it's okay every once in a while for your kid to hear you fucking scream or to for you for your kid to feel like, "Oh, I'm a little scared of my dad." Yeah. Like that's okay. Having never had a kid, mm-hmm. I don't that you know. acknowledge. Right. Uh, I've got 3 kids, but they're <laughs> never going to get a dime out of me. Yeah. Do you understand me? Um, yeah. Do you, I'll see you in court, little guy. <laughs> um, there is something to the dad being the dad. Like being an authority figure that like you're, I don't think you should be terrified of your dad, but you should be respectful of your dad. Yeah. And I, I think that's, and I'm slowly being like, that's okay. I mean, I'm not like, I'm not like, so I'm fucking screaming at my kid all day, <laughs> yeah. every day. But like, but I think like a little bit of like, no, I'm the dad and that's, you know, that's your mom. And like. Sebastian was saying he yells at his kids. No. Like not a lot. Sebastian? <laughs> But just like a little bit. He's yeah. like, they're very nice kids, but every once in a while you got to yell at them and like, yeah, you got to hey. like, yeah. Well, and I, and I think it's a fear of like, you know, of uh, like, you don't want to raise like a little fucking rich prick. Yeah. So like, uh, but again, there's a difference between like a sentient, sentient child who is like, understands the world and a six month old yeah. who is a blob Yes. That happens to be a human. Right. Like who doesn't Who's truly, expressing an emotion, doesn't know what an emotion is, isn't going to remember this, doesn't know what's correct. happening. There's a difference between that six-month-old and like a three-year-old who continues to like punch kids. Yeah. Like, you know, that like there, there's a there's a distinction to be made there. There's nothing that that six-month-old had any sense of anything that they were doing, whether it was right or wrong. No, they yeah. had no sense. So like- but that's still, what that's what made the rage so like it wasn't like justifiable of like hey you're five and you keep pouring Kool Aid on the white carpet even though we've told you three times that that Kool Aid 
is very special. <laughs> and that is to end all of our lives together in Jonestown. Fuck. I didn't know where you were going. I thought you made a mistake. <laughs> um, no, and you just learned like you can't. You, you, you rational minded your way through it. I felt rage and expressed rage and then felt tremendous guilt about it because yeah. I was like screaming or or so mad at a a tiny infant that had no sense of anything. And did your wife express this to you? Like, or was she like, look, she man, was, I get it also. I we just have to get through this period. She a little bit of all of it. I mean, she understood it because it was like frustrating, but she was more like, you know, she's a, she is a woman of color. And so she's like, I have been yelled at a lot. So I'm used to people yelling at me. Who was yelling at her? Who's uh, she talking about? The ver various world or her family? The, uh, various people. Various people in her, like, I think, the you know, the world. Yeah. She was more used to it. So, and it's like, for me, it was a very foreign thing. I hope she apologized. To the to your kid, but she just went. I'm sorry. Like all like all good women do when they're being yelled at, it's just apologize. No, I um, was like, I got to apologize to this kid. Well, that's when you said that thing of like feeling guilty. I feel like if I were a parent, I would vacillate between feeling guilty and feeling like fuck them. <laughs> you got to deal with it, kid. I'll pay for your therapy. Like I'm doing my. I just made the decision. It was a mistake. Fuck it. I can't apologize all the time. That's the great navigation of life. It's like how do you try to create clear messaging for your child and your family and also like admit when you're wrong. Like, but it's like being on stage. It's like all the audience wants to know is that you're in charge. Right. And I think kids on some level want that same feeling of like, okay, mom is in charge. Dad is in charge. Like everything's going to be okay. Yeah. I remember go, like when we started or when I started and, and you, and you we were doing those shows, like we were doing like little bar shows. And then I was doing like, bringer shows at like Gotham or at the Boston and my parents would come, my friends would come, family would come and they would watch. And even at the open mics and shit, and they'd watch people get on stage and be like, I felt bad for that one guy. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, that guy lost as soon as he got on stage. Cause mm -hmm. he didn't seem in control. All the audience, that was the first, like before I'm, whether I'm funny or not, I'm going to get on stage and the audience is going to feel like, okay, yeah. we don't have to worry about this person. And I think parenting is very similar in that regard. I had the greatest heckle at me of all time. There was a club on the Lower East Side of New York and it was probably 2007 or eight. And I did a spot and it was like, it was late and it was like a very mixed crowd, like a lot of young like Puerto Rican, New Yorky kids. And I get on stage and one of them goes, it was one of those things where only I could really hear him. And he goes, yo, are you scared? <laughs> <laughs> and I was. Yeah. And it was uh, such a devastating heckle. <laughs> That's so funny. Okay. Can't control your eating. No. <laughs> I was just looking at my watch to be like, what time is it? When's my next feeding? But you're not overweight or you don't appear overweight. No, I'm not overweight, but I have, it's like I used to smoke uh, for many, many years and I felt truly like a slave to cigarettes. Mm -hmm. No other substance like marijuana, alcohol, drugs, never. It was like, I don't need to do that today or I don't need to do that this week. Like that never felt like that. But cigarettes, I was like, I'm completely beholden to this. And similarly with food and I guess really sugar, I am like, 
I can't not eat. Like if there's a chocolate chip cookie in the kitchen. Well, that's what I was watching your special and talk when I said, when I saw that this is one of your blocks, it was like, you just got to get it out of your house. And I do until, you know how chocolate chip cookies have little feet. Uh-huh. They, 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 uh-huh. they scurry up into your yeah, kitchen. Yeah, like the coffee. Is that the coffee and TV video for the blur video? Where Actually, it's a milk carton. I think maybe there's a cookie, but yeah. Uh, yeah, there, it's like, let's go out to the movies. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Or like uh, a hunk, hankering for a hunk of cheese. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's uh-huh. getting the legs. I try my best to keep it out of the house, but there's always a little something. And then you're like, oh, remember, like, I'll be like, remember when I bought, like, you know, the supplies for s'mores six months ago. <laughs> and so that means there's like a box of Hershey ca- yeah. candy bars in the deep recesses of my pantry mm-hmm. and some very hard marshmallows. Uh-huh. Rock hard. Watch out, bro. Yep. Watch out, dude. I'm going to get them, bro. <laughs> Whoa! You got really Theo. cool, really quickly. I got it. Just doing it. that's if Theo Vaughn wants to eat uh, a s'more, Bruh, I'm telling you, <laughs> it's uh, the devil's the devil's dandruff. Tell you, man, Satan's so, I'm little sucking morsels. On, I'm sucking on, dude, bro. I'm telling you, I was straight up sucking on Frosty the Snowman's one testicle. <laughs> um, and so you chocolate chocolate doo doo in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and does your does your wife have orders not to bring that filth into your house? She doesn't have a sweet tooth, right? And so she ha- she has no empathy for me in that. She's like, "Why don't you just not eat the cookie?" Because I'm like, "Because it's all I can think about." My experience with sugar is, I went off. I just went off. In I was in Mexico. I went off. I have a sugar day. Don't I don't know that no, felt I, racist. I, 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 it's, not, you, it's not judgment. I'm like, how? Oh. You I mean, know, like, scary. Ch- like, yeah, like all sugar, like bread? kind of bread, churroy breakfasts. Were you doing a lot of churroy breakfasts? Uh, like a lot of pastries. Yeah. Well, I feel like if you're vegan. Yeah, I was. Of- I got spoiler alert. Yeah. Remember those? Yeah. Wasn't that vegan? I don't eat meat, but sometimes I'll transition over to sure, sure to vegetarian. Uh, like on a big trip. Yeah, don't say so, that in front of Dave. Yeah, no, I he uh, trust me. Don't talk about transition. Uh, I need to put it on a list of things to talk to him about it. Um, so, uh, so, so, uh, not cutting it. Not yeah. cutting okay. it. Um, he watches this podcast oh. religiously. I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, but so I, you so cut it all I, out. And I how do you just feel? can't. I have a sugar day once a week. Mm. Sunday's a sugar day. I just go off French toast, ice cream, garbage. That's on Sunday. Once I get to Wednesday, I'm not thinking about sugar. Mm-hmm. So you got to you got to kind of kick the habit every totally. week. Have you tried that? And it still didn't. I have tried like getting clean, like eating cleaner and clean. You and got hypnotized. I got hypnotized to quit eating snacks. Truly, and it worked for like a month, and I lost weight and felt better. But I ultimately fell back in, and it's very like I understand what you're doing except I could not have Sunday. Like what I learned with cigarettes was like, I cannot have nicotine in my body at all. When I quit smoking, I had the thought, if I smoke one, I'm going to smoke 10,000 and I cannot smoke one. Yes. And so I think sugar probably functions the same way for me. Like I couldn't have Sunday. You know what I mean? I'd be like, I'm done with sugar and that's that, you know, like, cause if I even have any bit in my blood, like I remember when I was smoking and I would hear someone have like a, like a phlegmy cough, mm-hmm. like, 
I immediately be like, when's my next cigarette? Like that trigger. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like that would, I feel like sugar, I'm on like a countdown to my next. And look, I'm not terrible. I'm not as bad as I could be. Of course I have, I don't have much shit in my house at all. Um, I can have ice cream live in my freezer for like months, but I- Not s'mores though. Not s'mores, bro. You got hypnotized. I got hypnotized over the phone by a woman. I listened to that hypnosis over and over while I slept uh, and it helped for a while. And then I sort of like fall back in because where I struggle in general is what is a life without sugar? Right. Well, you can't, it's not like alcohol where you can just kind of give it up and you'll be all right. Right. Like, like, like sugar's well, kind of in everything and it's also great. Yeah. And like the older you get and the less that you're like, you know, I'm married, very happily married and, and like living a very contented life. But like those early halcyon days of New York where you're out like five nights a week and out and about and doing everything and everywhere, like, like, life changes. And so like all of a sudden a chocolate chip cookie with a little sea salt on top, that's a good day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what that's I mean? kind like, of sex for, for people, the people that aren't in their twenties. Yeah. Like Sugar. you, you like, you're like, I don't want, I have, my skin is a fucking mess. Why? My, that's another block. It's a block as to like, and I think it, frankly, it all ties together in the skin. Which it looks is like, okay. It looks all right right now. Okay. But I'm on like various medications and I have cut out ironically, I have cut out massive amounts of food in my life, things that I love. For your skin? For my skin. Because like, you're rosacea and all that yeah, shit? Yeah, it's rosacea's for the Irish. Oh. Jews have eczema. Oh. Here's my theory. It's like the Jews are like eczema. It's like, it's like, it's like, to remind us <laughs> of the pyramids that we built so that our skin will crackle like the straw. The pyramid floors and the Irish, I feel like, are rosacea, where it's just like this, like red rage mm -hmm. that lives inside that, if triggered, like explodes mm -hmm. onto one's face uncontrollably. Mm -hmm. So I think, like, I have some versions of eczema autoimmune, and I think it's like my inability to directly confront people. Mm -hmm. uh, tamping. Do you down. think they're connected? Yes, I think my emotional states definitely connect to that. And I think my emotional state is definitely connected to me not directly confronting people or things and, or just like pushing things down emotionally has an effect on my skin. For sure, I can tell you like all of a sudden I'll eat something like, oh fuck, I can feel my face getting itchy right now. I'm going to wake up tomorrow. My eyes are going to be swollen. I, I know it. Like I can tell I'm like, for some reason I'm like, I can't eat ginger anymore. Like it, not even bad shit. I'm like ginger for some reason right now makes me think my skin goes fucking crazy. But I've cut out like and, dairy. But have you had the thing where like you won't say something and you'll get a flare up? No, but thing. like if I'm in a stressful time in my life and I'm not ad a directly addressing something on a real level, I can feel my skin getting worse. Mm. But I also talked to my therapist about it. And she was like, don't blame yourself entirely for your skin. Like, don't blame you, like, that you're not vocalizing this or yeah. this, and that's why your skin is terrible. It's like, she's like, you might just be allergic to a lot of shit. Yeah. Which is- You might just be Jewish. You might be. <laughs> if your skin is made of pyramid blocks, 
Thing you might be thinking of on. Uh, um, <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> now, uh, are you still on Jewish? Still yes. smoking? Are you still smoking weed? Yeah, but much less than I used to. How come? Uh, because I it, get, it just gets me too high. It's not like I can't. It's not a fun hang anymore. I would would not want to smoke weed around my kid. But just because my no. dad was an alcoholic and I don't like that. No, I, I mean, I'm not like ripping fucking bong hits and like like driving my kid to, you know, work. My kid works full time. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, he's a, he's a model. part he's, of your shock yeah. system? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you got to, hey, I'm Nick Kroll. You got to shock the kid. You got to shock the kid and this is Blocks. Welcome back to Blocks. <laughs> Put your baby to work. Let him know who's boss. It's whoever he's working for. <laughs> <laughs> but if you do go to the Marshalls on... Hollywood, you will see my son. He's working in <laughs> red sweatshirts. He's big for his age. He's too. very big for his age. Yeah. You're going to see what looks like to be a developmentally disabled Mexican man. That is my son. <laughs> he works in he Pedro. Works in his name is Pedro. Yeah, his name is Pedro. Vote for Severe, Pedro, folks. Severe one. Well, I didn't stop smoking because of my kid. I mean, like, you, 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 your life changes. So you're not like, again, like going back to your twenties, like the days of like being able to like smoke weed in the middle of the day and like fucking off and going to, you know, go have breakfast with Roger Hales. Mm -hmm. Those days are, are gone. But, um, like if I'm in a very controlled environment where I, I'm like my kid's safe, I'm doing whatever I'm doing. I can still like smoke a little bit of pot, but I just don't, it more just like it's not as enjoyable yeah. in the way it was. Like I just freak out or like yeah. my brain moves too fast. But I will I will in in specific ways and very I just I will smoke what I know I can smoke and a certain amount. Like I have a joke, I think it's in the act in in the special, which is like like if I smoke someone else's joint, I'm like, this is a mistake. Uh, you know, next thing I know, it's four in the morning and I'm nude in my kitchen looking at family pictures, uh, which is how rock pop, hard. Ross, so fucking thick blood. <laughs> <laughs> Covered in hives and oh my skin reaction. Truly. But I've like alcohol, I've cut way back specifically because of my skin. I've cut way back on alcohol and life. Like you have a child, you have to wake up at like six in the morning. Yeah. But like alcohol. I have cut way, way back because of largely because of my skin. Not okay. because I had a problem, but because I was like, oh, my skin will become enraged if I drink a lot of alcohol. Yeah. Okay. What therapies or what habits have you done that made your life better? Because mm. the point of the podcast is we say our problems and then we say anything that's helped us. Let's see. I mean, I've been in regular therapy. My current therapist I've been with for over 10 years. Great. Uh, How'd you guys celebrate your anniversary? Go ahead. I bought her a Lexus and put a bow on it. <laughs> Fuck. And her husband was furious. Ecstatic. Ecstatic. Oh. He was furious that I didn't get him one as well. Yeah, okay. We maybe have a slightly enmeshed relationship. So no, we'll next see. section, I got him one because I want him to like it. Yeah, you have to. You're, you're a people pleaser. And I see him looking through the people <laughs> on the sessions. You know what Whatever. I mean? Yeah, let him watch. Oh, I love it. Even more <laughs> eyeballs, eyeballs or eyeballs. eyeballs I, you know, who cares? Um, no. So I've been with my current my therapist for at least ten years, and I was in therapy before that. I mean, I think regular therapy, even when you're not in a moment where you're like, I need to be in therapy. Like, I think that's also when big things happen. It's like doing, you know, it's like doing spots for me. The spots of the therapy. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's like going to the gym but with your yeah, therapist. Yeah, we're working out. And the audience is yeah. the therapist. 
<laughs> uh, Got to get I, the reps. You know what I mean? That's why we, because we're assassins. Yeah, we're, yeah. That's why we call it we're killing. We're modern day philosophers. <laughs> yeah, if you are going to go to therapy, tell on yourself or you're not, or you're wasting yes, your money. I am, you have to tell the worst parts of yourself or you're wasting your fucking I money. I am very honest in therapy. Yeah. I, I Nowhere else. And nowhere else. Everywhere else is a lie. <laughs> Except for blocks this Tuesday <laughs> on ABC. Uh, uh, it's so crazy. I'm so glad you got the Tuesday slot on it's ABC. It's such a great slot after home improvement. Um, so uh, I agree. Be be radically honest in therapy. Um, yes. Otherwise, it's pointless. Yep. I do that very regularly. Very, very regularly. You never took medication? I have not taken medication. Great. Think you're so tough? I do. Without the medication? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, great. Yeah, I lift. Uh, Think you better than me. <laughs> yeah. I hit a punching bag of Zoloft at like a like a every yeah, morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm speed tough. Bag it. I'm yeah, tough. Yeah, speed you're bag very it. tough guy. And then I do a speedball. Yeah, yeah. I should well, mention that. different things. I, <laughs> I, I have zero problem with if I felt like I genuinely needed to take medication, not for a minute would I think yeah. not about it. You've talked about this and I am a believer of it. I used to do it more recreationally, but now with intention, but plant medicine... Uh, I think can be really helpful. Name your plant medicines. Uh, I got a couple of them. Talk Do you consider me. weed a plant medicine? Mm, uh, if used correctly. Yeah, I think, I the, think in in uh, like a narrow bandwidth. Very narrow yeah. bandwidth. I think it's like what I believe is the more, I, the older I get with everything, whether it's alcohol, weed, mushrooms, ayahuasca, ketamine, frankly, uh, uh, mood stabilizers or, or pharmaceuticals, whatever it is, whatever it is that you're doing, therapy, talk therapy, e, you know, EPT, I don't know what's it called, EPT. EMDR. EMDR. TMS. Hi yeah. hi hypnosis. Yep. It's just all about doing it intentionally. It's about, and it's something I've learned very much from my wife is like, being intentional with whatever it is you're doing. Like if you're intentional gonna, is an overused word. Yes. Um, but I, okay. For example, I'll, I'll get more yeah. specific. It's like, if you are going to eat like psychedelics, like whether it's ayahuasca or mushrooms or whatever, that you are going in mindfully as to what you are about to do. Yeah. My meaning like with a purpose. Yes. Like what I want a question answered. Yes. It's not, I'm not going to party. No. And by the I'm way, I'm going to like try to solve an issue. And by the way, oftentimes that will not get solved, but something else will. But it will be a party. It will be a fucking throwdown. <laughs> Every Tuesday, blocks <laughs> on Spike TV. <laughs> sorry. Um, sorry, you got... Yeah, I mean, you're really hammering me. <laughs> okay, so I don't know what you've done though. I haven't told you. I know, and I'm excited. I think I know, and I can't gotta, wait. Y'all got to, y'all got to pay me a lot more than to <laughs> than than give than this than one away pH here. Balance water, motherfucker, yeah, brother. What I will tell you is that, like, you go in with an in, an intention of like, I want to do this or that. Um, I want to work on this element of myself, and you hope that that comes through. Um, even if your intention is to be a fucking a goofball. Like the older you get and the more like life becomes not so silly. Like sometimes you're like, no, the goal of this afternoon with my friends or in this circle or wherever you are is to be fucking a goofball. Then if that's what you get out of it, terrific. Maybe that's what you really needed, you know? The, uh, you've done mushrooms? Yeah. Big doses? I have tended not to do... I did some recently. I did not come in like mindfully into right. doing them. I was like, doing a bunch of shit. And then I was like, all right, time. And it was like, and it, and it kind of knocked me on my ass and it was not, I was like, Ooh, that was work. 
But it mm. was interest ultimately very interesting and useful. Were you with people? Yeah. But uh, we were we were in a scenario where we were being kind of quiet. It was right. not like a and and I was like, oh, that was not it was useful, but it was not fun. That's yeah, that's my experience with ayahuasca. Ayahuasca. Which you don't want to talk about <laughs> on here, but maybe you've sounds like you've taken. Would you consider Oxycontin a plant medicine? <laughs> I I think it's a master teacher. That's what they call it. Right. Of the plant medicine. Yeah. But I mean, I think like whatever it is you're doing, it's just, anyway, in the drug space, it's like you just are doing it. I agree. The word intentional is like overused. Just purposefully. Purposefully. And I, and I would say the same with therapy and I would say the same with, and for me, hypnosis was effective. The first time I did hypnosis to quit smoking, I was just like, I want out. I want fucking done. Uh, and it worked. Um, and then I went back for other stuff. And at that point I had also started meditating a little bit and I was like, oh, oh, this is just like meditating with somebody talking to you is mm -hmm. what hypnosis. I realized like hypnosis sort of is. Yeah. And that was also very helpful. And I was, it was easier for me to drop in and get the message faster because I had done enough meditation at that point to, uh, and I never meditate. I wish I would, I wish I meditated I more. It's a hard, it's this, the hardest of the things. The, 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 that mushroom experience that I was like, we were all being quiet. And I was like, oh, I'm not very good at stillness. I'm not very good at being quiet. Like, uh, and I don't know if a lot of people feel that way or not. Everybody does. Like, I'm I mean, like, don't think as in the hardest thing in the world. Yeah. It's the hardest. That's the point of meditation. It's like, because I'm Catholics, like, don't think dirty thoughts or mean thoughts. I and feel then, like Catholic was like, in general, was like, hey, guys, yeah, I don't think. <laughs> well, no, they're like, here, don't think this and that. Right. Whereas, and you go, all right, I'm going to, I'll go over here. Don't think fucking anything. You're like, anything? <laughs> Nothing, Nothing, you weak pussy. <laughs> well, and the Jews were like, don't think I'm not going <laughs> to cool you. Nick Kroll. Nick we Kroll. did it? Yep. <laughs>